All right, now I want to thank you for, for taking the time to sit down with us. I want to open it up and let the people know your name and Gamertag. Hey, you there with me? Yep, I am here. Can you hear me? All right, let's start the let's start the shindig off. Go ahead and let the people know your name and your gamer tag. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Travis Scott, and my gamer tag is Lee Van Dam. Lee Van Dam. Now, now this is probably going to be an easy telltale, but yes. go ahead and explain your gamer tag name. Okay, so my gamer tag is it's got an interesting story. Actually, well, it's not that it was on a whim. Um, so most older players know me as LTRAP2K because that's what I used when I started competing. That's when I was traveling a whole bunch and playing everywhere. The reason I changed it to Lee Van Dam is because in Tekken 5 DR, um, Lee got a flying split kick that looked just like the split kick Jean-Claude Van Damme uses all the time. He only kept it for DR. And that's why I changed my name because I love Jean-Claude Van Damme. I love Rob Van Dam. So if they both have the same jumping split kick and Lee has it, then Lee Van Dam makes perfect sense, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Now, where are you originally from? Um, I'm originally from Warner Robins, Georgia. And uh, I, I, I lived in Atlanta for a little while. And right now I'm currently in, I'm currently in Macon, Georgia. Middle Georgia again? Okay, okay. Now, what's yeah. your occupation or, or education at this time? Oh, okay, so I am a small business representative for a cell phone company, and then I also own a uh, transportation business, and I own a marketing business. So, I say pretty busy. See, now this transportation business, man, we got we to gotta get, get more in depth with this because I'm pretty sure you know I've been I've been – Doing it, traveling up and down the road. I've been getting these shuttle buses, and I've been, I've been renting yeah, these vans and stuff like that. So, so Mike and I actually uh, uh, to this spot. Uh, I think it's called Bus Max, mm -hmm. and um, it's one located out here in Norcross, sort of near me um, in Lawrenceville or whatnot. And yeah. um, and my big dream was to be able to uh, get close to like 30 players down to an event, right? Driving distance. Right. And uh, I reached out to a few uh, people in the community. Um, the bigger bigger buses, you got to have like a, a, a CDL or something like that uh, because of the insurance and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But I always wanted to, to possibly purchase either one of the uh, 12 to foot 14 seater or, yeah. you know what I'm saying, rent the, the shuttles. The prices are somewhat fair. It's, it's different depending on what company you're dealing with because a lot of the uh, a lot of the places that have like the party bus shuttles yeah. and stuff like that, you can't drive their vehicles. They have a driver. So right. prior to the pandemic and everything like that, we wanted to get get a shuttle and take everybody up to Combo Breaker. 
Um, oh yeah, that that would have been amazing. Yeah. So so when you said when you when you mentioned that, it just triggered in my head. Like man, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we got to come up with something because believe it or not, there's there's a a guy uh, in my area right now that's selling an old bus. Okay. Um, and I, I it's and when I say an old bus, it's literally an old bus. I got I got the. Uh, I got pictures of it and everything like that, but I've been wanting to to get now. Mind you, the community is kind of like at a freeze now. You know what I'm saying? So it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the freeze is pretty cool because in some instances we get a chance to really work on things that we've been trying to finish up because some people are benefiting from having a lot of time on their hands. And so um, I'm when you were talking about the CDL, I'm finishing up getting my CDL as we speak. So that way I'd be able to transport buses, et cetera, et cetera, um, to expand my business. So yeah, we'll definitely have to talk about that because that would be fun, you know, just to have the ability to do it. And, and, uh, and I just you know, sent you, you a should... couple of pictures too. Oh, solid. Okay. Hang on. Let me... Cause you said old bus. So, you know, yeah. Check this out. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, it's already, it, are, it already has some of our colors on there. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, so, uh, I've, I've, yeah. I have a little price range I'm trying to stay in between, you know, and whatnot okay. because we're not really like using TK in-house in regards to like a main source of income or anything like that. But, um, I actually might be able to partner up for that bus, man. Yeah, I text him and everything like that. I was waiting for him to uh, give me a because it's actually posted up outside of a barbershop that I go to okay. now. And um, right. and they were like, yeah, man, it's a trustworthy guy, whatever. And I and the funny thing about it is when I used to park in the back, I used to see the bus there and he would always uh -huh. move it and whatnot, but it wasn't for sale at the time. So it let me know uh -huh. that it, it was at least semi-working. It, it was at least mm -hmm. movable. And then I went okay. there and I was like, wait, I was like, it's out there on the outside. I, I drove over. I said, "Oh, he's selling it." Went back to the to the barbershop. Gave me a little bit of information. I said, "Yeah, I gotta definitely text this dude." I was like, "Man, because if I can get that, okay. oh yeah, it's yeah. on." <laughs> it's let's on. talk. Let's talk about that later, man. We might be able to to work together and, and get the community that bus because that would be awesome. Now, That'd how do you get do you get into gaming in general? How do, um, I've always loved video games. I mean, I I was born in '82. So, you know, I was around when, you know, Mario came up and uh, I was on Nintendo Power when I was a kid, started episode two, Adventure of Link. And so I had Nintendo Power to keep me company and just learning about games, learning about all the different things that were going on. Um, I really didn't have game systems as often though. Um, I got every, every game system my parents got me, I got it about two years later or more than when they came out. So I was always behind in the aspect, but we had a really nice arcade in Warner Robins. And so on Fridays, once I made good grades, I would go to the arcade and, you know, things were fine um, back then. Uh, so I, I just, I've always been around video games. It's always been a part of my life. And because of the magazine, you know, you learn so many things. And then when you get to try them later and it, the discovery of, oh, I read about this. Let me see if this works. And then it works. I've been hooked ever since. So, you know, video games have just, they've been a part of my life, my entire life. Now, what is your all-time favorite game to play? 
my all-time favorite game to play is uh, Secret of Mana. It's an action RPG that Squaresoft made a uh, long time ago. They just made the remake for uh, uh, the sequel, Trials of Mana, and it's wonderful, great. Secret of Mana was so good to me that I would play it, it I would play it entirely the way through at least once every summer. And then I was the same way for Final Fantasy Tactics. And I did that until I was, I did that until I was married. Yeah, I did that until I was married. So I would always just take like a, a weekend and play through both games start to finish. Loved them. Absolutely loved them. And that was the next thing I was going to ask you, that you are happily married. How long have you been married? Well, uh, that changed a couple of years ago. And so I, um, I'm no longer married for about two years. And, uh, but my ex-wife and I, we were married, we were together for seven years. And, um, you know, the, the split was good. I, I wanted to really become a business owner. And she was in a place where the amount of time that I, and attention I was giving her, I was going to be taking that away from her. And so even though I was doing it really to help our retirement and help us get to the next level, it's something that she wasn't, she wasn't really up for. And so, um, she wanted a guy that was really working just the nine to five and that be it. And I, I just wasn't that guy. So we hugged, kissed, walked away, signed the papers, and then we went, went out to dinner afterwards. So, you know, we're still friends. And I, I've been loving life ever since. I've been able to improve so much and just really discover more things about how I've been able to become a much better person. So I, I'm, I, I, I do it all over again. I think marriage is great, but, um, I'm really happy that I was able to figure myself out because I think everybody's better off now that I'm becoming a much better person. Gotcha. Uh, circling back to the gaming aspect. So you've been traveling up and down the road for quite some time. What was the first tournament you recall entering? Uh, the first tournament that I recalled entering um, the first tournaments that uh, I entered were back in 2000 and um, uh, Shinku R during the summer while he was at home in Savannah, um, he was holding tournaments, various games down at the, the tilt down there, various games. So it'd be uh, Tekken, um, all the fighting games. We even played like Project Justice, Marvel 2, all of those. and. Um, so I, I guess that's when the traveling really began outside of the tournaments that were at Georgia Southern. And then I um, started playing Tekken Tag 1 in 99. That was the first Tekken I played competitively. It wasn't the first one that I studied, but uh, it was the first one I started playing competitively in. Mm -hmm. And the first Tekken 4 tournament was actually in South Carolina, and I met Isage, I met Clint and a couple of others, we all met at the same time at that South Carolina Tech and Four tournament. So that's uh, going way back. We're, ta we're talking like the, 2000. Yeah, that, that had to be like when we, when we used to go to Anderson and, and yeah, AK. Anderson, yep, yeah, yeah. I met De yeah, at Dez, yeah. We all, we all met out there. Yeah. And um, Isis was playing Lee back then, but Lee was still pretty, He, even though he was really good, not not many people in the area played him. And so 
it was still it's still a lot of fun but yeah from that we've all yeah we've all been in touch and and just ever since you know um but that actually wasn't when i started playing with the atlanta crew that didn't happen until that actually didn't happen until tekken 5 and um that was that was a very interesting discovery so you want me to tell you about that yeah elaborate <laughs> okay so uh Tekken 5, you remember, was a really, really, that was, it was an enormous project by Namco. And mm -hmm. so do you remember the Nationals? Yes. You know, yes. where they had the local tournaments and then you had the regional tournaments and all of that. So, you know, there are only so many spots that you could get at, at local tournaments. So Bane and K-Gun came down to Macon to play in our local tournament because they were still trying to get a spot. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, we were playing and we were getting there and we were playing everything and so um, Bane was pretty much roasting everybody and uh, K-Gun was doing well also and we hadn't played before and so um, when I beat K-Gun and ended up putting him in losers then Bane beat me and then K-Gun came back and beat me and they played in the grand finals they were like oh okay this guy's got something and so we talked after the tournament. They let me know about the Tekken house. And so after, probably about after a month, I started showing up to the, the tournaments that were happening. And we all started playing. And then I would train over at Bane's house or at Rob's house and just been a part of it ever since. Oh, man. Those were the days. Panola uh, Road and then some. So oh, man. <laughs> so now do you have any involvement in regards to uh the gaming scene uh at this time uh i do so right now i i've um i'm developing my own company and you you may have seen me wearing some of the shirts with the mistrap movement yes sir and so i'm, I'm modeling the company after um after lee because lee is a very interesting guy because he's a very successful businessman and he doesn't have any real business in the tournament besides just having fun and beating his brother. So he's not even necessarily interested in winning because he's already extremely successful. He already has his, all his businesses. He's a pimp. You know, you've seen him throughout <laughs> all of this. Even through the series, he's gotten with almost every woman in Tekken. If you go by what, you know, the, yep. the anime and everything. So, you know, <laughs> Lee does what he does. So the reason I'm modeling after that is because he's probably one of the least damaged characters in any fighting game ever. He's just, he's just a guy that works really hard, does well, hangs out with women, and outside of you know, his hatred for, uh, for, for Kazuya, he doesn't have anything crazy going on. And so we can learn a lot from that because if you look at him owning multiple streams of income, if you look at him just, you know, not really having a stressed life, he doesn't let thing, a whole bunch of things bother him. If we model our life like that, you know, you'll have a really good life. You'll work hard, you'll play hard. And, you know, he's a very precise guy when you look at how he plays and how they set him up. So, you know, he, he, he's a really good example of what you could do to have a good life yourself. And so I, um, I model that. I, I really enjoy every day for what it is. Um, I don't have any days be bad days. And it, it shows. 
almost all of my relationships are better just since I've really started to um, take responsibility for everything that's happening. So that way I know that I can control everything that's happening. And that's been very, very empowering, really empowering. I heavily respect that. Now, on in regards to relationships, have you been able to make friends while being a part of the, the fighting game scene? Have you been able to make friends uh, while inside it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's really interesting because you have the people that you respect and you all know each other because you see each other at tournaments a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you have the ones that y'all become friends and you call each other. And, and the, the fighting game community taught me something very important, that your friends don't have to be around all the time to be your friends. Um, you know, because I have lots of people that we're just we're there for each other we may talk once a month once a year but we just pick up where we left off at we try to figure out what's going on we we try to celebrate everybody's successes together and then we might all meet up and have dinner or something when we go to tournaments or whatever the case may be or someone's in town and you go meet with them and you know it's just it's, it's, it's been really enjoyable and so uh, I've, I've got quite a few friends and I've got quite a, a few training buddies that you know we've all become so close that we can trust each other with our lives. And that's very valuable to have. And it's really hard to come by in today's current climate. I don't know if a lot of people can establish friendships like that now. You know, we had, we had really the freedom to, we had a different culture where you could air out your differences and get over things. And I don't know if today's climate you know, with how social media works allows you to really do that. Sure. I don't think that's possible. It's very, it, it looks very tough to me um, when I'm going there, but you see me on Twitter. I don't really take it very seriously because you can't, if you do that will, I mean, I think that would seriously mess you up. So you gotta be very, very careful about how you work this internet thing. Sound old now, this internet thing. No, just the internet. Yeah. I've, uh, I've had to dial that back over the years myself. Um, and and my approach and yeah i think i think that's it's a it's 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 labeled a knock to to say hey you know in our era we could versus theirs now but that's it's only a knock because obviously they didn't see it they didn't hear it they weren't around to experience it so they don't know um Mm -hmm. um and a lot of times also you know now that we're the older heads you know us with the 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 presentation of well, it could be done better this way, or it was better this way. If you remember when we were coming up, I was born in 81. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was coming out of the realm of, oh, hip hop was bad, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and but, but I also came up at a time where I could also see how rock and roll, you know, and alternative rock was was getting its knocks and everything like that. I remember like the phase that people oh, yeah. were going through, you know, mm-hmm. to 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 express themselves and things of that nature. Um with us and going to tournaments and, and being able to to you know have you have you say, you know, you trash, you know, blah blah blah, money Listen. match, shake hands. Yeah, yeah after you were, that. yeah, we were yeah, yeah. That was a <laughs> that was a tough era. But you know, I'll give you an example of what that reminds me of. It reminds me of when you were in school, how when we were growing up, this can't happen now just because of how the mindset is. When we were growing up, two 
two guys could be upset. They could fight. And whatever they were fighting about, it's over with after the fight is over. Mm-hmm. And that was very important because they may be friends next week. They may get beyond whatever it was. And then the fight becomes a joke. You're like, yeah, yeah, I broke you off, though. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but outside of that, whatever they want to do, they want to do. Go their separate ways. They may become friends. They may play sports together, et cetera, et cetera. Now you run the risk. Everybody's got a gun. Like, you can't get any fights with people because – you know, if you win, their friends might come shoot you. If you lose, they may shoot you. Like, you don't you don't have that same kind of unspoken respect where it's not going to go beyond this. And once this is done, it's done. And I think, you know, that that's something that is it's very scary. And it, it makes it to where you, you just, you have to operate differently now. We don't have the freedom we used to have. And that, that's something that's we have to fight for that. Um, I don't, I'm not sure how we have to fight for that, but we're going to have to fight for that because that, that, that's closing in on us quick to where we may not do anything particularly crazy, but, um, you know, it, it's hard to stay out of trouble with stuff like that now. Um, sorry, I'm going to get off my soapbox about that. Cause that's, <laughs> no, that's, you're that's good. You're place good because it's, it's something that, that, that our new era needs to hear and, and it's also a talking point that that we have for uh uh the podcast show as well um mm-hmm. now you've kind of already answered it in regards to yourself but i'm actually right. just in case you want to expound on this what yeah. have you learned about yourself since being a part of the competitive gaming scene um competition and there there are things in life that are very, very honest. Um, competition in its purest form is honest. Exercise is honest. If you, if you practice in whatever you're competing in, even if you lose against someone, your improvement, especially if something's recorded, it can be readily gauged. So you can't, there's a point in time where you have to really just be responsible for what you're doing because you're not, you're not going to get any better than a certain level until you say okay I see what I did there I'm going to have to change and that works everywhere in your life the more that you dial everything back to you and say okay I see what choice I made it turned into this so the next time I need to make a different choice if I don't want this instead of saying this happened to me or I was whatever so-and-so that takes it away from being your fault. It's a valuable lesson that both competition in, in everything that I've competed in and, and um, working out teaches me on a regular basis. Um, you know, those things don't lie to you. Your body doesn't lie to you. And competition against another person where you have to work through something, especially fighting games, where you're basically working through the puzzle that is the other person right next to you. Mm-hmm. And you either solve the puzzle or you don't solve the puzzle because both of you are looking for the same thing. They're looking to solve you. So, you know, the result is the result. And very rarely do you have extremely controversial things that affect your result. If we really want to go back and look at everything that's happened. So one of the biggest things that you can learn is as soon as you take it upon yourself to go, okay, what do I need to do to get better 
And am I willing to put in the work, the time, and the sacrifice to get better? Because almost no one's really good at something without sacrificing something else. They may be able to go back and master something once they put in the work on one thing because it gives them, you know, it gives them traits and it gives them discipline to do something else and be able to improve in something else more. But you have to get really, really good at something to understand what it takes to get good at anything. And I don't know if that's taught. Um, I, don't, I don't even know if people talk about that because it also becomes important when you're running a business. The business is gonna, it's gonna eat you alive until it doesn't. And it's just, it takes a lot of time until it gets to the point where it takes less time. There's no shortcut. And so I, I appreciate how honest that fighting games uh, bowling, all the other stuff I'm competing in has just been for me because it, it makes me aware of I can't blame other other people for how my life turns out. I I either got the job done or I didn't get the job done, and so I know what I have to do. I respect that. Now, through all your your years of competitive play, uh, mm-hmm. have you had a rival along the way? I don't think so. Uh, now, Shinku, Shinku R and I, we were rivals partly because we were roommates, so we were playing each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I've had more friends than than rivals because I don't even think because uh, we'll have meetups and because even the people that I'm good friends with, if we meet in a tournament, we don't have a um, I don't have any long-standing rivalries. Um, I had a little bit where uh, GM and I were going at it back on Zaibatsu, and then, you know, we got together at the tournament, met each other, played, and, you know, had a great time. So, but that was more like almost pro wrestling type deal where we just, we were shooting promos at each other and, you know, going at it. And then, you know, then what happened, we played and we had a great time. Oh, taking Zabatsu and fighting yeah. GM. Ooh, for the memories. What? No, I mean, yeah, yeah. But he, you know, he, he was doing, he, he was working really, really hard. And he was, he was young. So it was a, he was in an interesting position where he was working really, really hard. And he was proud of his work. So, you know, he was talking trash because he was like, he honestly believed that, he was a one and he was putting in the work to do so and back in that day back in those days you had to meet to prove these things there wasn't online matches mm-hmm. to be able to even test it you had to meet at a tournament y'all had to hash it out in the first of 10 or whatever y'all decided and that's what it was and in tournaments, everybody has their day so you know sometimes you might be the best and you have an off day and that's just it. So it's not even a good gauge back then. You just had those moments where you had to respect skill levels. But, um, you know, Jim's always been a great guy. We've talked a lot of strats as far as through um, AOL Instant Messenger, through the early, like, Tekken 5, Tekken 6. Uh, he was always, as long as people weren't acting crazy, he was still very helpful, even if he was talking trash about you. So, you know, it was one of those things where 
you know, he had he had a really good gimmick, but it was it was it was a more pro wrestling, and I can respect that because having a character in the fighting game community can be very important to people noticing you. Because if you don't know a lot of people, you have to figure out some way for people to get to know you. And if they don't want to respect your skill, then the high level of skill along with your personality, it's going to make them at least recognize you one way or the other, you know. And now he's gone on to win a, a, a bunch of tournaments and it was in the Guinness Book of World, World Records. And, you know, there we go. Yeah, those those uh, Lee of America discussions, uh, you guys, <laughs> Jody and the Great, and what? Ooh, boy! Yeah we, yeah, we had some hard. We had some hard. We had, we had some hard ones, man. And and that's when everybody was like, you were going back and posting after you went to a tournament how you placed, and we were just yeah. We, we, that was it. Was so crazy for that to be so big for a character that almost no one plays. So now I've <laughs> I've kind of I wish I could show him these things and and it's funny because I spent so many years recording and 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 stuff like that along the way. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I could show him these things, but I was having this discussion with Akumu. Like people call him my protege and stuff like that, but I say nah because Akumu was way better in this installment of Tekken than I was in any installment of Tekken. Um, my guidance for him is more like a real life aspect of things. Um, yeah. Helping helping him along the way in regards to uh, his approach, not only in, towards the game, um, but the the overall environment, the people. Um, yeah. And but I've noticed um, in this climate, right? Mm-hmm. His his stance could be as GM's was, right? In comparison, it could be GM's, you know what I'm saying? But the catch is his world now consists of, you know, both online and offline. Right. And and to garner respect, we always said, hey, you got to win, right? Yeah. Like whoever's involved in the tournament, whoever's put in front of you, you got to right. win, no matter, no matter the setting. Um, right. And and you know his his he's he he kind of releases a, a certain aura, um, being that good anyway. Be, and yeah. people are always gonna have something they can say about you or whatever. And then he takes it to a whole yeah. other left field because, you know, I can't use the excuse that he's young anymore because he's now twenty one years old. Um, he's yeah. been in, been in the scene two or three years, but I'm pretty sure yeah. you've seen and you've heard. You know, what I'm saying how the level of vitriol people have towards him and he has towards others. Um, and I've tried sure. to help him, uh, help guide him in regards to uh, uh, the direction he takes it when it goes to that, because his yeah. end all be all is, I love Tekken. I want to be great at Tekken. I just want to be and play the best. Like all the other okay. stuff is is like really irrelevant to him. Like he never joined the community. Like you know, set out to to. Uh, right. Uh, 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 make friends and things of that nature. So a lot of times right. he's off-putting when he comes out to events, and he's sure. not, you know, shaking hands with people or you know walking up, hey, how you doing? You know, um, and I told him, I said, man, there's other people in the community who have been that way. You know, Anakin was like that. 
you know what I'm saying, for yeah. a long while. Like Anakin didn't yeah. walk up to people like, hey, how you doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, no. Uh, it, the same same with myself. I wasn't like that. Now, mind you, I did come into Tekken from Marvel 2 and whatnot, mm-hmm. and and I was loud and obnoxious from there. Yeah. So that was on me, you know, in regards to Tekken community. But I, I, you know, I tell them like, you know, the 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 image you portray, you know what I'm saying, uh, will be the aura that you exhume when you're at these events and stuff like It'll make people, you know, be a bit disheartened with you because they'll see that right. on online and be like, okay, that's not the type of person I want to be around. Um, I will ask you this. What do you say to a young person coming into not only the fighting game scene, but into Tekken? Um, what knowledge would you like to give them? The, the best thing you can do is your goal is to be the best in Tekken. Um, there's only one way to become the best in competition, and that is to play the best. Now, with how online works, you have to understand and you have to come to complete grips with not everyone is going to like you, and that's okay. Because you have to not, you can't go back and forth with people. You just can't. You don't have the time. You don't have the mental energy if you're trying to be the best at Tekken. And there's no need to test your patience with something that's irrelevant to your goal. If you want to be the best in Tekken, then you have to play the best, which means there's certain people you're going to have to ultimately network with in order to be able to have access to play the best. You don't have to be friends, but you need to be respectful. You don't have to be nice, but you need to be kind. That, those are actually two different things, and I, I wrote a paper on that because I think they get mixed up. Because um, when, you're, when you're kind, that's when you do things because you want to do them without any expectation, and it, it keeps you from being taken advantage of because kindness, it still allows you the power to say no. And fun fact, nowhere in the Bible does it ever say the word nice, ever. Mm. Kind is always there, but being nice is never anything that's recorded in the Bible. So that should tell you there's a big difference between the two. Um, but if he, if he becomes kind, because being, becoming kind takes practice, um, because you'll still tell people no, you'll still be like, well, you know, that's your opinion. Um, I disagree with you. You can still say those things and be kind, but he's going to have to network with people that can get him in front of the best because there's no way you can become the best in the vacuum. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we wouldn't have been, I, I will dare to say that if we didn't get men and men and me down to final round to play Tekken 6 to really start bringing in more international players to come play in the U.S. that we would not have improved at all because we just didn't have the same mindset that they did. And, you know, just like I learned from that that weekend, their mindsets made so much more sense that there was no fundamental way that we could compete on a regular basis mm-hmm. without that knowledge. There's just no way. So, 
you know, that's a pure, that's an example of networking benefiting the entire U.S. community. Agreed. You know, just getting them done. Agreed. And then, it, and it, people forget, like Hola Man and them came came through as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, a streaming event up in the uh, VA for uh, yeah. Eric V, and we got to play with them. And yeah. and I, I I love to tell that story because I'm the only person that had the footage of chop like tearing through them <laughs> and like tearing through them but yeah. but it was the the information that was given you know at the event the exchanges and conversation and stuff like mm-hmm. that you know the 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 difference in mindset um mm-hmm. it, it really was a, a very large gap and also if you remember in in the street fighter community uh pr Balrog brought that point mm-hmm. up too in regards yeah. to when they would go to Japan and stuff like that, and like like how how uh, when when training and stuff like that, like like information wasn't held close to the chest. You know what I'm saying? Like it, mm-hmm. it was always about yeah. you know, and and it also helped one another grow. And we are firm believers in iron iron sharpen irons here in in, in ATL yeah. and the. But but like I don't think people really gets the gist of that. Like a lot of times people think it's just oh we'll just go to take a house and just go play and it's it, that's not really like the the hundred percent of it all. I, like I really feel I feel that you can learn from bad players just as well as you can learn from good players. A lot of people care so much about your placements. They care so much about well you know what I'm saying you won X amount of tournaments or whatever or somebody said that you are, you know, this type of way or, or this good or whatever. But I, I've learned, I've learned from, from people who are not considered, you know what I'm saying, heavily great players along the way. Um, and I feel that, yeah, you know, I, I, I grew up with each one teach one, you know, so whatever I know, I'm willing to give it to you. There's no reason. And I can give it to you mid-match if, you know what I'm saying, I really see it's a problem, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. But even if it's if it's like like really, really like to the core of your ability to, to move forward, um, I really just feel like people in this era uh, or in this age, it's like they're competitive, but they're competitive to a fault. Um, with us, it got to a point where we had so many first to 50s, first to 100s. You knew what Iceman's MO was with Brian in Tekken 5 or, or in Tekken 6 when we played. And it got to a point where it wasn't really you yeah. were fighting Brian anymore. It was like, okay, what, what, what is it that, that Iceman has that he's bringing to the table, you know what I'm saying, and how can I yeah. exploit this, et cetera. And I think that we've kind of gone away from that now. Um, mm-hmm. The complaints of, of the 50-50 aspect of uh, Tekken 7 now, um, it re- really is like high on the Richter scale for, for people uh, now. And, and I think that people feel that that has dialed the game back a bit um, uh, in regard to its competitive spirit uh, and, and, and keeping it uh, 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 more about, excuse me, uh, more about you and me rather than Fakaron versus Leroy. Right. At the end of the day. Um, so okay, now since you've been around, what do you love the most about being in the fighting game scene? 
up the most about the fighting community is all of the varied interests that everyone else has outside of fighting games. Um, you, it, it's one of those things that when you get past competition and then you, you realize everybody has regular lives, you meet so many people that have so many different skills and it's really crazy because you're able to learn so many things about everything outside of fighting games from others just by learning what do they do, what their life is like. And so everybody's able to grow and just really figure out a whole bunch of stuff. And, and I think that part is very cool. Like, you know, with we using um, Mike as an example, with him being an electrician, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know that immediately, but that's a really valuable skill because now if you have a question about a house, you're like, all of a sudden, you, you, you know Mike. You're like, hey, Mike, you might, you know, maybe able to help me get in the right direction about this. Because if you're fixing a house and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, this is what you need to look out for. And then all of a sudden, you know, just because you guys play tech together, you're now much better off when you're going to do something else in your life. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And it's something that it's within the community because otherwise you have no reason to know about these people or what they do if you weren't playing Tekken with them or if you weren't playing fighting games with them. So it really broadens your circle and it broadens your circle because now, you know, you could be within two degrees of separation from somebody else and be like, oh, I know somebody who knows somebody else in the community that's very good at this. So then you get access to that relationship just because that person knows that you play check-in. How crazy is that? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he plays down at his uh, Tekken house in Atlanta. Oh, okay, cool. I'll talk to him. You're like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. So it, it really opens opens doors because it's almost like a uh, it's it's like a fraternity and a sorority type thing. Mm -hmm. It opens doors because you're just all doing the same thing. So at least at minimum, you have the common ground by doing the same thing. And that um, that changes them. You know, when you have one thing in common, it can definitely change how everything else works out, which I think is very very cool. Let's see if we can make the questions a bit more juicy. Now, now, when you looked at the tournament bracket, you played all these people. Who mm -hmm. was like your most hated player to ever go up against? When you looked at the bracket, it was like, oh, this guy. Most hated player. Um. I didn't have anyone that I hated going up against, but I, I'm trying to think of someone I was not a fan of going up against. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> See, you've been playing for so long, it's so hard. Yeah, my problem was is I would always be very happy to play anybody. So I didn't have that issue. But people would be annoyed because I was so happy. <laughs> okay, so how about this? What is if you can remember what is the 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 
worst defeat you've ever suffered in a tournament? Oh, okay. I can. I I, I have this one. This one was heartbreaking. So that's what I'm gonna say is the worst. Okay. So and this still goes. Man, this still goes way back. So I was, um, this was uh, final round. It was the last year of Tekken Five DR, and I did really well in. I did really well in the tournament, and I was playing. Um, I was playing Rai Rai in the I was playing Rai Rai in the losers the the losers finals is when you end up in third. So I was playing Rai Rai in the losers semifinals. And we went all the way down to last round uh, last match, last round. I sidestepped um, I stopped this either a pounce or a tackle, and I went to hit him with his back turn one, two, two, three, and I went at a bad angle, and so I missed the kick, and he killed me to end up guaranteeing him third place. And so mm-hmm. that was heartbreaking. And I replayed that. I was like, if I would have went and just did the laser edge combo because it realigns and all this other stuff. I could have won, and I was beating myself up for at least a good two weeks about that because that was going to be my really first. That was going to be my first time at a major outside of Evo of really, really doing very, very well, and so that was that was my most heartbreaking defeat. Um, yeah, that would be the worst one. Okay, now. Ended up at fifth with that one. So, do you give us your top three favorite moments so far uh, in regards to the fighting games. And this doesn't have to be uh, tournament related. It could be outside of tournament. It could be the funniest moment. But just your top three, off the top of your head, favorite moments. Okay. Being a part um, of FGC. All right. So. Fun times over at Rob's old Tekken house. Um, before one final round, I think you were over there. And this is when, uh, wasn't Kwon, who was it? It was, uh, it might have been Kwon. He was, um, we, we, there were jujitsu matches happening outside the house. We were training for final round the next day. There were jujitsu matches happening outside the house. And then it was just the fact of, Everybody rolling and getting choked out, and we, we got to play the next day. That was absolutely hilarious. Yes, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> so check this we, out. We used to have it on video. We were, yeah, who? I was just about to say. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say we used to have. So check this out. It, it, I don't have most of that material anymore because, believe it or not, during our MLG run, yeah, two thousand ten, mm-hmm. MLG <laughs> made us. Uh, they they uh they got some somebody snitched on us so to speak. It was like ATL a little bit too real for us, and uh, so they went through uh, YouTube. They can't channel. be mad because we're playing Tekken Eight. <laughs> they they went to YouTube channel, and I never forget <laughs> when we went to uh, MLG Baltimore, and yeah. we came you know to check in or whatnot, and they had a stack of contracts. We didn't know yeah. what it was. It was just regular paper. They had a stack of contracts. They told us, you know, they checked us in. And they told us, you know what I'm saying, before we could go in, that we had to sign this contract 
because of the material they had seen of us on YouTube. <laughs> and we we're like, wait, what are you talking about? And one of those videos was it because uh believe it or not, oh, yeah. Clint had Clint has a wrestling background and yep. I have a martial arts background, judo, taekwondo. And yeah, we're doing that. And then also I forgot what, what it was that got Big Boy so heated. But I know it has something about money matching and ATL yeah. being broke and stuff like that. And we were outside tech house. This is what ended it all. This is what this is the video that pulled it down because you know we popped the trunk and you know the trunk. So he yeah. popped the trunk. Yeah, I remember, and, I remember that. Yeah. But like I didn't it was so much footage that like they put the names in, and I was like, oh crap, like I forgot. God, that we had even done so much of this stuff, man. I was like, holy crap, yeah. bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Because for us to, to play real life Tekken, it was merely a Tuesday. That's what, <laughs> that's what it was. Oh, man. It's the vilest thing in the entire world. But for us to toss each other around and try to choke each other out, yeah, that was, that was, hey, man, um, there's no, there's no system available right now. So you want to, you know, Oh, man. sort it out outside that, that's just how it was back then so it's it's funny i was just talking to somebody else about it and you know you have the culture change mm -hmm. and you have the, the culture change where things become in a way softer and easier mm -hmm. which is good in a lot of aspects but then when things become softer and easier you also have the burden of you know you just you don't have to endure as much so you're not going to be you're not going to be as tough in most circumstances. Mm -hmm. And that, that, um, that lack of having to go through hardship and adversity, you know, that, that can, it can really mess with you um, as far as that goes. So yeah, it's like the things that happened back then, there is absolutely no way that could ever happen now at all. You know, you have to have a completely different underground unsanctioned, type of world for that stuff the, the stuff that we enjoyed doing back then for it for it to work out now which i'm sure it'd be fun but you know it's not not conducive to careers so i guess that you know takes it off the table and it sucks because you know as leaders as as parents as human beings like you go through you grow you you live you learn right and then yeah. when you pass down the knowledge you you don't really want the people under you to go through the things that you went through because of what you went through you know what i'm saying but but then it's like fudge like i want to make this world a way better place you know what i'm saying for you but then yeah. again you will never really understand you know, mm -hmm. like, like, like what it means to go through something like this, you know, if I did my job, like, I, I think about yeah, that, yeah. me as a parent, I, if yeah. I did my job, like, you'll never really understand, you know what I'm saying, what it means to have to go through mm -hmm. and get to this point. Um, yeah. So it's like a catch 22. It's kind of like, dang, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, because it is, it is, I, it is definitely a, a paradox, because now, in some aspects, the toughness gets you to where you're like, hey, I don't ever want to go through this again, so I'll I'll now do whatever it takes to avoid it. 
mm-hmm. and it makes that situation highly un- unavoidable because sometimes there are things you can't you cannot describe with words hey i don't want you to do this because this could happen sometimes it just has to be the feeling and the feeling of experiencing it that gives you the unbridled drive to avoid it for the rest of your natural life. So um, yeah, we can make things too easy because we're trying just to avoid what we went through. But you know, there's I don't think there's any balance. I think it's just something that we have to deal with. And you know, I think that we just have to we have to figure out a way to have people understand healthy competition and try to keep stuff out of the court of public opinion. Because that's what a lot of people run to now. They run to people or or they run to others that are not in there with you. So that way they can get support to change things, to try to make it more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's very tricky because if things become too comfortable, then the competition is irrelevant now. True. Because it doesn't do anything for you. So we've got to figure out, yeah, what we can do to make sure the comfort level doesn't get too high. Because that's, I think that, I think that's what's happening with games in general too. Is they want new players to be comfortable, but with new players being comfortable, when they still lose to someone who's just better than them, it's not the feeling of, oh man, they were so much better than me. I want to get better. It turns into that's not fair. Yep. And as soon as someone says that's not fair and they're not willing to, you know, really take the responsibility of improving, then your your game is lost and your competition is lost. And that's and, the participation trophy phenomenon. And that's that's what fighting games have gone to in, in the direction in general. Like, obviously, Tekken isn't the same as Mortal Kombat and stuff and, and, and Boo Boo Fighter. But, like, when you right. when you see these games, right, mm-hmm. and you see the, the, the things that, the, the companies have implemented because this is one of the, the, the things that, that the younger people will say, right? Which which they are 100% right, right? Is, yeah. is well, you all got patches and stuff like that now and a game will get patched once, sometimes twice, you know what I'm saying? Every month for sure. six months or whatever the case may be while we on the other hand had to play sure. Tekken 5.0 and mm-hmm. Steve had Infinite. And Listen. and Nina's ivory cutter gave you full crouch, and she got got throw sequences off of stuff like that, right? We had to fight through that. We had to live through that, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? This little yeah. bit ain't nothing, right? And then on their end, it's like, oh, but look at you know Leroy. You know what I'm saying? And and how gross he is, and stuff like that. That's not fair. Look at Fakaram, and you know the streams that he has, and 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 he's plus on this and that, that's not fair. You know what I'm saying? And I see it, see, I there, see it from both sides. What what I like to tell people is you're not wrong, but that doesn't change how the world works. Mm-hmm. See, you can you can determine what's fair and what's not once you're on top. When you're not on top, if you determine what's fair and what's not. It, it changes things because you can end up hindering a lot of folks. Because um, that okay, I'll give you an example off, off of fighting games that's um, similar. Let's say that you go to 
let's say you go to a restaurant and you just don't like the way they're doing things. You always have a choice. You have a choice to not go to that restaurant anymore. You have a choice to say, hey, I don't think what they're doing is right. I'm going to make a better restaurant and put them out of business. The problem is, is that the harder choice of I'm going to make a better restaurant and put them out of business, that usually takes way more work than mm -hmm. just complaining about the situation itself and then requiring somebody else to fix it for you. And that's, that's the, what, that's the part I don't like because you have a lot of people that they will complain about the situation and they want somebody else to fix it but they don't even exercise the threat of, if you don't fix this game, I won't play it anymore because it never gets there. They never have to pony up and say, okay, I'm just gonna play something else because that's really the choice you always have with everything, you know, um, is that you can just not participate. And the market says that if you don't participate and if enough people don't participate with you, things change because they always change mm -hmm. when that happens. But we have to, we got to fully exercise that because some things, they happen prematurely and then they don't play out. And then you're, you know, it, it, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was. Now, Lee was pretty bad. He was pretty gross. But he still didn't win every tournament. Steve didn't win every tournament back in second five, even though he had infinite. So, you know, even though he had plus 19 on back, flat, back, back one into flipping, <laughs> where he could just punch you for free. I mean, he had so many great tools, but he still, he did not win every tournament. So that tells you that even when a character is just um, irreversibly broken, player skill can still overcome that and, you know, Sometimes you're just careful and you have a good day. You still guess right. You still, you know, it's not chess. You know, everybody doesn't play perfectly every single time to where the person who always has the advantage will win with perfect play. It just doesn't work like that. So I think that sometimes I think the patches happen too quickly, but, you know, it's a, it's a scenario where you can, I think we need to work through our troubles more, which is what we were forced to do because we, we just didn't have the option. Mm -hmm. So they patched Tekken 5 with Dark Resurrection, right? which was a really good game. It just took a few years. You know. Now, I, I'm going to ask you a question, too. So if sure. uh, all the years you didn't play different installments of Tekken, I want yes. you to rate, I want you to organize and rate Oh, Tekken. Okay. okay, so what would be okay. your number one installment of Tekken and then work your way down? Which one was number one? Which one was number two? Which one was number three? Work your way down. Okay, so um, number one. Okay, so my number one would be my number one would be Tekken 4. Ooh, you want Tekken Four? The the no, no I'm gonna, name Tekken? I'm, I'm gonna explain Tekken Four. Okay? It was because of that cheap ass just frame Lee. God damn no, it! No, no, it's not because of that. Um, <laughs> it's not because of that. Even though that that it, that is wonderful, and that that really won me a lot of stuff. Um, 
Tekken 4 was the biggest jump in fight psychology that Tekken ever had. Tekken 4 was the closest thing to a real fight that's been in any fighting game. True. Because of position switches, because of how close you had to be, with how little life everything did, and how short juggles were. Like, like you were you were married to the ground game in Tekken 4. It was never a two-juggle game in Tekken 4. You had to be good at the ground game. Or you had to play gym. I mean, one of those. But, the, like, if they would have... I think that they could make another game in the future with that core, and they could there there are adjustments that they could make. But the game in itself, if you really like ground game, Tekken Four was the one. Um, backdashing, you want Korean backdashing away from everything. You were in there. You were fighting. Position switches mattered. Wall was more real life because if you're on the wall, if you if you got shoved on the wall, you're trying to get off of there quick, that tech rolls on the wall, all that stuff. It was frantic. It was very fun. And I like Tekken 6 for the same reason that fights took a while. You didn't have... That, I think that's, Tekken 7 and Tekken 5 are very similar. So I have Tekken 4 and Tekken 6 as 1 and 2. I like Tekken Tag 2 better because of the music, but that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. um, I like Tekken 5 uh, a little bit better than DR and a little bit better than 7. Um, because I think Tekken 5, DR, I think Tekken 5 and Tekken 7 share the same problem or fight. They end very quickly. Because in Tekken 7, we're back to a two-juggle game. Gotcha. In, in a lot of cases. And it gets things over quick. And that's nice. But I think ground game's taking a back seat because ground game's just not as flashy. And I, I the the longer I play Tekken, the more I appreciate the in close sidestepping, the ground game where you were tapping people. And what happened was is if you were behind in Tekken four, it took an effort to come back. It doesn't take effort to come back in Tekken seven. You like fighting from thirty percent. In Tekken 7. Mm -hmm. I have all my options now in Tekken 7. If somebody has a full life lead in Tekken 4 and you're at 30% health, you're thinking of five or six different things you're going to have to do to even to do them uncontested to have a chance to win. Tekken 7, you're like, no, no, I'm good. He can make, they can, the player can make one mistake and we're ready to go. And so, you know, X Factor and Marvel 3 taught us how crazy these automatic comeback mechanics are. Um, so, you know, it, it, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. Tekken Tag 1 will always have a great place in my heart, but Tekken Tag 1 is, is, is absolutely insanity. 100% insanity. Um, uh, I love Tekken 3. I think we're up to number 6 now. Yeah. Um, and then Tekken 2, Tekken 1, and then Tekken Revolution because you had Invincible moves. Oh, God. Revolution. Yeah, I think Revolution, normally Revolution is, is when I've asked this question, is normally in the bottom three. <laughs> well, Revolution, 
being in the bottom three, I don't think is a bad thing because Revolution is like their test baby for Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Right. Which is why I thought, which is why I think it had Invincible moves. And I think that they were thinking, well, maybe Invincible is too much, but maybe we can get away with armor moves, which is why I think that's why Lee has the same armor move in Tekken 7 that he had as an Invincible move in Tekken Revolution. They're the same. It's the exact same kick. I, I think they were preparing us for dragon punches and stuff like that by testing that out. And that's what I think the Kuma's doing. And I think the experiment's going well. Um, and so, you know, if they treat Tekken 7 like a service, you may see more like 2D characters, which I'm not bothered by it because as much as people hate them, they're, they're not winning all the time. And I, I just can't, I can't have that much hatred towards something that's clearly not showing in the numbers to be as good as everybody is says it is. It's the, it's the complaints of, of the possible get out of jail free cards, man. I mean, I, I feel it sometimes, you know, so I wish my character had a get out of jail free card, you know, sometimes or whatnot, but uh, it does, it, it does, uh, 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 it does help me, you know, not rely on that uh, a lot yeah. though, you know, in pressure situations, you know, a lot of times people just want to throw out their, their respective armor moves or whatever, you know, um, they don't ever want to actually think their way through a sequence, you know, so they want to put yeah. something on the screen and, and end it. Well, my armor moves gross, so I mean, I understand. <laughs> like, mine is, it high crushes at the beginning, it's mid, it wall bounces, and it's negative 14 on block. Mine's gross. I mean, your, your character is gross. Like, Lee doesn't yeah. really get a lot of respect in this game. I yeah. tell people all the time, if Lee had more damage output, he would probably be top four in the game because he being able to microstep things in this game that 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 you're just like wow like that microstep really just blows up a crap ton of characters and you have so many things that feel like not only they counter hit but lead to long combos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he deals enough damage. Lee Lee is the perfect. Um, and I say this, I, I've said this for a few games. Lee is always the perfect turning mid character where if you were to really parse him out versus people with equal skills, you'd notice that he'd be 5 uh, at worst, and he'd have some 7-3s and 6-4s. He doesn't have terribly bad matchups because his tools are just, they're good. Mm-hmm. All, all of his tools are like 6 or 7 out of 10. He just doesn't have super great tools, except for a 10-frame punish that deals 46 damage. That's pretty gross. Um, you know, he, he, but that's just, he, he requires a deep knowledge of Tekken for you to do well. He plays Tekken. So if you don't play Tekken well, you don't necessarily do well with Lee unless people are running into your stuff. That's Lee's actual issue, is you have to play Tekken well to do well with him. It's, it, he's very similar to Paul. Paul, you have to play Tekken well. If you play Tekken well, then Paul is one of the most rewarding characters in the game. Oh, yes. If you don't play Tekken well, then you're desperately relying on people to run into your stuff. You hear that, Jody? I told you. And Lee ain't that bad. You hear that, Jody? (laughs) He's he's not. And Jody, Jody, he, he 
he knows this too. He just yeah, he, he, does. he likes to. I re- he's I re- he's trying to he's trying to get us get us back uh back to this step one two. Yes, Jody, Jody, shut up, shut up. No, because you can't have that now. Because right now it'd be back to mid step acid rain. So that'd be like sixty damage. We can't have that. Yeah, I love Jody. He's one of the coolest cats in the community. I always rip him on his oh, character because yeah. I'd be like, bro, man, I'd be, it's, it's like, especially when he and I played the last time he came through, I swear to God, yeah. it felt like a combo video. Okay? I was like, you're not supposed to get that. Like, I was like, right. I was like bro, right. he just, you're landing all this crap out of nowhere and it just against me. It ain't against anybody else. You ready to get, you right. landed this against me. I was like, oh my right. God, this character is actually one of my most hated matchups because I really feel like like if you if you're not solid in movement versus this character, yeah. like if, if you're not good yeah. in regards to your backdashing and backdashing with a purpose, um, mm-hmm. when he clips you like with with yeah. the start of like the machine gun kicks or whatever, like when he clips you, Please. oh yeah, yeah, it's like what? what? It's like, yeah, and that was just yeah. like a movie. You didn't even put a, a limb on the screen, and no. he will make you freeze. Like if you don't really understand attacking, he'll make you freeze in range too. You'll you'll get really hesitant to the point when, when mm-hmm. he does put something that you should block punish and you don't. Yep. And yep. then he's right back where he wants to be. Then the fact that yep. he can use Hitman stance in certain sequences, and he might not be able to use Hitman stance like, like Jin's karate stance, but, but it's enough to make someone say, okay, I'm going to throw out this mid at this time, and it's, and it's not at the right time. And before you know it, he lands a good slide. And now I feel, what is the move that you all have and it scoops him off the ground, the kick? I can't remember, and he can get a little mini combo off of that. I can't remember that move. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, uh, back 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, they made back 3-3 three, three pick up from everything. So almost every almost every screw kick now is a, is a launcher. It, it's really, yeah. That is so cool. Like that, they, that, that is so it, good. He has, um, Lee, Lee is he, he's definitely the second character as in, he has a lot of opportunities. They just make you work for them. The mm. timing's tight, and that's fine because he, Lee. You always feel rewarding when you win with Lee because you know you played Tekken. There's not a whole bunch of cheap stuff, even though people want to say he has cheap stuff. Some of his stuff is gross. I agree, but outside of I think four 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 going under, you know, ninety percent of the mids in the game. Um, he doesn't have things that he can um, – he can't bully you with these things. He's completely dependent on defense and creating opportunities with the other player doing stuff. And I, I, I love him because that's how his personality is. Hitman stance is beckoning you to come in and try to do something. His parry is the same way. He – you can tell how Lee is through how he plays because he's never trying to get in there and just brawl with you all the time. He wants to get in there. He wants to beat you up a little bit. And then he wants to hang back and he wants to annoy you. He loves for you to come in, get that counter hit magic four, and you take like 70 damage from counter hit magic four. <laughs> like he wants to do those awful things to you. And then it just becomes more demoralizing. That's why the mistrap throw is demoralizing. Because you're like, I blocked that. And you're like, yep, you did. Yep, that's right. Um, you know, acid rain, demoralizing. All of his high-end just frame stuff, you'll notice, is very, very demoralizing to where you just, you don't enjoy fighting him. And you don't enjoy him winning. Because it doesn't look like he's putting very much work on the screen to win. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't look that way. 
And then he always looks like he's having fun, misstepping and playing and, you know, e-sliding. He just looks like he's just having a good time. He doesn't have a purpose to be in that tournament. He just came in on his day off. <laughs> you know? That's why he's, he's a cool yeah. character. I just I just hate getting my butt whooped by a dude with them clean shoes on and the damn flowers Listen, on his man. jacket. Listen, man, the wingtips, man. He came. <laughs> he literally told you, he said, you've been waiting for a long time? Good. Like, how much more arrogant do you need to be? How much more? Just, you know, it's it, it, it's amazing how he's just, he just oozes. I'm better than you. I don't really care if you win. It's fine. I'm that's, just here for the popcorn. That's exactly how I feel about Lee. That's what I tell. That's what I tell Jody and all the time. I said that's how I feel about this character. Be like, bro, when he, it, it just how flamboyant he is when he's fighting and stuff. It's not like he cares about actually winning. And then when he does, it's just like the ultimate disrespect. It's like I just lost to this cat. Like he in the cleanest suit ever. With with the with the the flowing low cut hair, <laughs> yep. and yep. the gloves on with the Michael Jackson gloves on. Oh my! Tell me, tell, tell me the last character you know of that has a stage at their house. <laughs> other other than what, like, well, you can only say maybe Geese and 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 Heihachi because the dojo, basically the dojo. So, is, so you have Geese's dojo, arrogant bastard. Yes. Okay. Hey, Hachi, you see what I'm talking about? You see the trend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. basically cleaned out his pool so you could have a match like, like he wanted to watch Jean-Claude Van Damme's Lionheart in real life. Come on. <laughs> oh, man, this is ridiculously true. Oh, ridiculously true. Okay. Come on. And then if, he, then if he's not fighting, he's there watching with two girls by his side just saying, look at them. Look at them. <laughs> look at oh, this. my God. This is so true. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, he, he, that's what I said, spot on. He, um, his personality, like, if you see Lee, you're like, okay, I know what he's about. You don't have any, like, misconceptions. You know what he's about. His personality shines through without any dialogue whatsoever. He doesn't need any of it. Like, you, you'll, you know exactly what he is and what he's about when you watch especially someone who knows more about how to play him, how, how, how he plays. And I think that's great. And that's, you know, I, I always want to give them props because that, that's an amazing job to be able to really show the personality through one fight. And you'll be like, man, I don't even know if I know of anyone that is more of a prick than Lee. Like, you don't. <laughs> Just until you don't. Oh man! Okay, and then he gets all the women. You're just upset. You're like, this is stupid. I'm, I'm told. I said the the player of Tekken is Lee. I don't I don't know how anybody doesn't yeah. get that. But he the player of Tekken is is Lee. Whether Anna is still alive or not, it doesn't even matter. But but he he is the player of Tekken. So before we I let agree. you go, uh, okay. you have any shout outs? Um, and also uh, let the people know a little bit more information in regards to your businesses and. Uh, how they can reach you if they want to interact you, uh, with you in that manner. Oh man, I greatly appreciate it. So uh, with Scott Solutions, uh, what we what we specialize in is both transportation. Right now, I'm just doing uh, personnel and just passenger transportation. 
and um, also in marketing. So if, if anyone is out there, and especially if they're looking for other ways to make money, um, we just specialize in, in getting partnerships with other companies to market for them and be able to do that from home. So that way, you know, you don't have to worry about a schedule and you can do as much as you want. So I've got some partners that all they want to do is pay a car note and that's what they're doing with their business. So I love helping other people um, being able to make extra money. And so that's something where you can always DM me on uh, Twitter at LeeVanDam2K or you can DM me at Mistrap Movement on Instagram. And I'd love to just get together with you and we can just talk and see if there's any way that I can help you out. Um, I'm going to start having more promotions and more stories on Instagram. So be sure to follow me at Mistrap Movement. Um, it'll have links to my YouTube channels where um, the Mistrap Movement is more of just Tekken and fighting games. And it has lots of long, uh, like long form match sessions. Um, we're also having interviews with players uh, in two series, one's called Reboot Underground. We just shot the first episode and it's basically going back to when we were playing regularly. So we have a live mic, we're just playing and talking. And, you know, the first part of it was great because um, the guy I was playing against said, you know, we, all, we only do healthy trash talk. And I said, no, 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 we talk trash. The dirtier, the better. You know, so that that the reboot underground is where you don't have any kind of limits on what you're talking about. Um, I'm personally going to make sure none of those videos are monetized by YouTube so we don't get in trouble. And uh, then we're going to also have a little bit of talk and a little bit of Tekken where we just sit down with pros and a lot of players in the community, play some Tekken and very similar to, you know, what you're doing for me, which I really appreciate. Just kind of delve deep and see what's going on, everybody. And I'd like to formally invite you to to be on an episode of it. You know, oh, you've snap. Been so gracious, Iceman. Oh, you know, snap. The foul mouth warrior hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. no. <laughs> and so we'll work that out, but it, we'd love to have you. I think it'd be great. It'd be a lot of fun. And it, it just takes us back to those days where we were, we were in there because the joy that comes after a lot of trash talk and you're victorious, or even when there's a lot of trash talk, and then at the end, they have to say, man, you're much better than you were a few weeks ago. Yes. Those, those moments, that's what people live for. And, and I want to make sure that people have those because I think they're very important to character development. Um, so again, Mistrap Movement on Instagram, uh, definitely give me a follow. It means a lot to me, huge favor. Um, and then I'll also have stories from on my other business, Top Solution. So if you're interested in finding ways to make money, let me know because we, we definitely have a lot of solutions that have helped other people so far. And I really enjoy helping people just live a better life. And it's really great. Well, we definitely want to thank you for your time, man, um, and, and sitting down with us. I know it went kind of over the, the time frame uh, that I expected, but I like that because I want to get as much information out there as humanly possible. Uh, to the people, and you had a lot to say that was necessary, you know, for the community and growth. Um, for those who are listening, you can check out uh, these and other podcasts on tkinhouseent.com. Be sure to go to Ltrav's direct player profile uh, from the Selective Fighter page. In the meantime, in between time, you all have a good one. We'll catch you next time.